Good morning. And my message is called miscellaneous. I've always been taught that I, if I sit in a meeting or I sit in a talk, I only retain 10% of what I hear. By the time that I'm gone out of that thing, the 10% starts diminishing. You know, and so sometimes it's like there are things which are said and which are in this place. Because see, he who has ears, let him hear. Things of the Spirit are caught by the Spirit. You see, we have to open our spirit to the things of that to just catch on to that. Because I can say, oh yes, like healing, right? Healing is like a very tangible thing. It's like it happened. Yes, my leg grew out, I'm okay, I'm perfect, and also that. But sometimes there are things which you don't see. Like that same healing presence, you are able to tap into it any time you want. Because the same Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago, and that he became whole. He was broken for us to become whole. See, that, that everlasting covenant is always ours. And so I, it was funny. The, I, I was thinking about who, who would give these healing testimonies, and the only person I could think was Alicia because, you know, she did this thing. But, Bibi, you have something you wanted to share, right? Okay, it's, it's not exactly a healing testimony. I just had something this morning that the Lord put on my heart, but it does kind of refer to a previous healing. Um, quickly, just give you a little background. Uh, after my sister was ill and passed away, and my husband had heart surgery and went through all that, it was a couple of years of extreme difficulty, and I fell back into some illness that I had originally been healed of before. And I went through another two years of difficulty. But I remember um, one night I just said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I want you. I want your presence, which fits in with the, the message today. I want you more than I want my healing. And I said quickly, don't get me wrong. I want my healing. I want my healing, but I want you more. And what brought this to my mind was just the thought this morning in praying for our nation. Um, I just thought I heard him say, Bibi, do the people who are asking me to heal their land want me more than they want me to heal their land? And, and I thought, wow, and it took me back to that, that thought that I had because I had been praying for my healing, praying for my healing. And it was like, I, he didn't say that, but I just realized, I said, Lord, I really do want you more. And it was after that that I was healed. But he wants us to keep the right perspective. And he says, seek me first. And so when the tragedies happen and everything. We are focused on the tragedies, even though we trust him in the tragedies. But anyway, that's just what I wanted to share because I, and I think I, that's one thing I love about this church is we do so seek the presence of God. I mean, that to me, that sets us apart. But I just wanted to share that because sometimes we just need a reminder of that focus. A few weeks ago, Pastor Lena was like, you know, as she does between the worship and the preaching, she kind of says something, and she says, I felt God said, our finest hour is upon us. And then Alan said the same thing today. And it was one of those things, you know. For me, it's like I think of these things. It's like I just latch onto it, and I go, like, hmm, finest hour. I wonder how long is this finest hour? Because is it like 12 o'clock right now? It's 12 o'clock, right? Is it 12 to 1? 
Like literally, I, like you know, I think uh, you know, I, I like numbers, and so I basically think like that. Turn to two Peter three eight, if you can. I'm I'm using the Passion translation. It says, "So, dear friends, don't let this one thing escape your notice. A single day counts like a thousand years to the Lord Yahweh, and a thousand years count as it one day." You see, so automatically my scientific mind went said, okay, thousand years equals to one day. So how much is one hour? So thousand divided by 24 equals to 41.66666. Really? So, so now, just uh, for you to understand, right? Huh? 41.666 years, okay, is equal to that finest one hour. Th think of it. If, if that scripture is what we hang our hat on. A single day counts like a thousand years. So a single hour is 41.666666 years. Your finest hour is 41.666666 years. It's not like just one hour. It's not like just one. Maybe I feel good today because I'm at church for one hour. But after I go out, I'm not. But that finest hour, when God gives you that, it's your duty to now walk it out. You have to either believe it or you say, mm, not really. You can backtrack on what he's saying. His word is through. You can connect to that and you can receive it. See, because we, we, we think it's like you're limited. And what is the funny is the corollary of that, the opposite of that, okay? And a thousand years count as one day. When Egypt, like, you know, was against the Hebrews and everything, and they put them in bondage, all those 400 years or whatever, the minute they stepped out of, into that Red Sea and they walked away, they walked away with all the riches of Egypt and everything, they were free. They didn't think about that 400 years over there until they never had God. And they were like, oh, we miss the quail, we miss the garlic, we miss the onions. You see? So with God, all your sickness, all the whatever of the past can be changed and gone in just like one day, in a fleeting moment. So imagine if you were sick, you were bedridden and all, 37 years, that's what the Bible says of that one guy. And in a moment, he got up. What he did after that, nobody says. But he lived in the fullness of God. See, we, we, we get trapped in these little moments of time. And this is how funny it is. I, I went through the Passion Translation. I went through the Amplified. And that first part is so important. Dear friends, don't let this one thing escape your notice. It is not something I've seen in other scriptures before. This one thing, don't let it escape your notice. Because we get so caught up, it's like, when will my time come? When will my hour come? When will this finest hour be? When will this revival come? And it's written, don't let this one thing, that your one day is, or a thousand years equals to like just one day. Time, the, you know, it's kind of breaking your paradigm of understanding of time. And that's what he wants you to understand, that part of it is like, hey, I'm the beginning, I'm the end. You see, I can do anything I want, when I want, and the moment I want. 
He's the God of the moments, he's God of the minutes, he's God of the hours, he's God of the years, he's God of the decades, he's God of the millenniums. He is. You see, we have to start beginning to think and understand and talk like that. You see, like I was talking to myself in the car, which is very normal. I talk to myself. <laughs> and I was saying that, that's why do I like to celebrate? Hmm. And I was like wondering, and this is all happening this morning. I was like, I love to celebrate, I like to laugh, I like to sing. I was like, yeah, my father is like that. My heavenly father is exactly like that. He loves to laugh, he loves to celebrate, he loves to be joyous, he loves to just, he loves people. I love people. It's just very natural, and it's like, I was like, hmm, that DNA is mine. That's what I'm walking in, is the DNA of what my Heavenly Father is like. It's the same thing about you. All you have to do is focus on what is good. What we do is like when, you know, the people say, Italians. All the anger, all the loudness and all, they only connect to that part of the Italians. They don't connect to the celebratory part of it. They don't say, oh, I'm Italian. You see, all my DNA is basically we celebrate. But they think only of the loud. <laughs> I don't think of celebration as coy. I always think celebration should be loud and all. But to me, it's, that's where the part is, right? Our finest hour. This next 40 years or so, okay, is going to be your finest hour. You see? So don't, like, cut yourself short and say, mm, no, COVID is still around. And now some variant is there of that. And his brother and sister are there. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was Goliath and his four brothers. We don't care. We, we are Davids. We are supposed to kill Goliath. Behead, like how we are singing, right? What is funny is that God already did that. And he's just taking it and making it a show, and we have to just go like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's all we are doing. He has already done it. And I'll go through a scripture where we basically talk about it. John, right? So if you've not been here, John is the guy who's in Juarez, Mexico right now. But John also preaches, and John says things, and you have to like kind of go like, John, stop. Expand it. Say more. Like, you know, but John just goes, da, 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 da. Like, he's like a machine gun when he preaches, right? And so it's just kind of like, you know, so, and quote always makes me laugh, quotes my wife. And she basically says, why do you write notes when John is talking? That's so wrong. I was like, no. Because I was like, he says something and he's just gone on. But there's so much on that one thing. And so he explained the story about like, you know, Reinhard Bonke, right? How Reinhard basically got saved. And he basically said his grandfather was sick. So August Bonke was sick. And Louis Graf basically came to his family home, prayed for him. He got sick. His father became a pastor. And Reinhard basically became, you know, Reinhard. And he went out and reached Africa, became the apostle of Africa. Reinhard, in the year, I even went to look at the year, in 2018, put something on Facebook. He did that before he died, okay? He said, because of that moment in time, 80 million people got saved in 2018. You have to understand this magnitude of one person making a difference. You know, right now if you see yourself, oh, I'm just by myself. No, 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 no. You are able to affect 80 million people minimum, I think. You see, I'm giving you that upside. 
And now how much more do you want? Because that's what God is in you. The same God that was in Lewis Graf is in you. Think of it. It's like, you know, don't cut yourself short. It's like I, I seen a family and I don't see them now. And it was funny that I seen this person and inside them I seen this flame and it was just flickering. And I couldn't understand that. I had to sit on it, sit on it. And I was like, there's just something about this flame. And then after just I felt God say, they were afraid they were not good enough. They were not like feel they were feeling that flame of what I am in them is not strong enough, is not glowing enough, is not bright enough. And and it's funny is that I, I basically feel that say, I don't know you, right? And I basically come up to you and say, Hey, God in you is so great. And you're like, mm, yeah, I don't feel really like that. But that same fire is what is in you. Each of us have that same fire, that same spark. Jesus in us, the hope of glory. You see, we, we basically walk in that. And you are able to make a difference. That's, that's one of the funny things. I, there's some things I'll write. I'm not a big writer sometimes about on my notes because I just wait. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll explain to you something. <laughs> I have a deal right now with the Holy Spirit, right? I have the, <laughs> my deal with the Holy Spirit is I'm ready to stand and let the wind of heaven blow and whatever comes out of my mouth, that's fine. I mean, it's not that I have not prepared, but I'm ready. And I've caught myself multiple times, say things, and I'm listening to myself. And I'm going, where in the world did I come up with that? And I'm listening to myself. You've got to understand, this is some kind, it's like a two-way thing. And I'm like, what am I saying? <laughs> and it was just funny. I was like, but Holy Spirit is able to do things like that. You know what's funny? The only other person I know who, who basically had that kind of where the wind of heaven blew was Satan. When Lucifer was an angel, he, he, the wind of heaven just blew and all the music just emanated through his body. Different sounds. And I heard a testimony. I love testimonies, okay? In this presence of God, right, in this glory of God, there was a B-52 bomber flying over this meeting, okay? And this B-52 bombers, I don't know if you know how loud they are. They're very loud, okay? The engine and the roar of their engine is loud. As that B-52 bomber started flying over the meeting where the presence of God was, that sound of the engine translated to music. Everybody in that meeting heard music of that engine. They could not any longer hear the, oh, you know, that of the engine. They heard music. Everything bows down to the presence of God. It doesn't matter what it is. Every sound, everything bows down to the presence of God. You see, so sometimes you have to be ready to just allow that presence to be there. You could mumble and it'll be okay. Because what translates to people's hearts would be different things because it's the presence of God. And, and I'm okay with that. It's kind of funny. It's like, you know, you, you, you think that you want to communicate a right message. And this one message, if I asked all of you all, is like, what did he say? You'll all have to say the same thing. But hey, in the Spirit of God, everybody can hear a very different thing because you're at a different place. Each one is at a different place. And God ministers to you very differently. Zechariah 4.10. And it's only the first part. It says, 
who despise the day of small beginnings, right? So even though my message means miscellaneous, and I say miscellaneous, don't despise it, because sometimes these small things are so key to where you are that it, it fixes, sometimes all we need is to fix a hole where we have been draining off the presence of God. You see, and so that, sometimes it's just a thought, mm, I'm not good enough. And you're doing everything, you're doing all the disciplines of Christianity, but in your mind you've just disqualified yourself with just one thing. And so sometimes we have to fix those little holes. You know, 1 John 4.4 4 in the Amplified. Little children, believers, dear ones, you are of God and you belong to him, and you have already overcome them, the agents of the Antichrist, because he who is in you is greater than Satan who is in the world of sinful mankind. This is your victory verse. You know, we always tell people, we read the end of the book. Yeah, 1 John 4, 4 is at the end of the book, but it says you have already won. You see, this is where you have to know. We'll say it. We'll quote it. It's like, I read, yeah, the end of the book. I read the end of the book. We win. Where, if I asked you? Do you know where? That's where it's written. 1 John 4, 4. Make that your understanding. Because you will not say that I have to cut the head of the enemy. The head of the enemy is already cut and I'm walking in victory. This is your address. This is where you stand and you say, ah, based on this word, this is the word that says that I have power over the agents of Antichrist. I'm not going to say the demon is so big. No, 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 demon, you're like a rebellious child. You're not listening to me. Get back. That's how we have to talk to them. We, we basically say, oh, they're so big. Oh, I have to bow down, I have to bend, I have to fight. No, 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 based on this verse. If, if uh, Hannah basically told Kirk, is like, Hannah's Kirk's daughter, okay? Hannah said, Kirk, I don't want to listen to you. Yeah. What is he going to tell her? He's going to tell her, uh-uh, sit down. That, that's my voice, okay? Uh-uh. <laughs> and the finger comes out. It's like, you know, in that way, basically, you're going to tell the enemy. is like, uh-uh, you have no right over anything of mine. No, no, no. Not even my sickness. Not even any. It's not my sickness. No, no, no. You're not bringing that on me. You see, we have that authority. Against, and I love the part of it which says, agents of the Antichrist. <laughs> because they're minions. Kevin, 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 Kevin. That's what they are. They're just the minions. You give them a banana and say, get lost. Like, you know, just. We, we have to have that understanding that we are so powerful that we are able to basically take charge of things because this is my father's house. This is my father's land. This is my father's kingdom. We have to basically start talking like that. Our utterances have to not be of the weak and say, mm, I wish one day, someday. No, 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 no. We're not this thing. No, this is mine. Who are you? And, and that's what's the beauty of David. He said, who are you, uncircumcised Philistine? Dude, like, you know, be nice. It's church. It's like, how can you just say that? No, 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 no. I have, to, I have to tell you who you are and where you belong. You see? We have to basically have that part of us. Do you have the video, Dan? Line it up.
जब I'll talk to you before he plays the video. We may play, have to play it two or three times. It's a Facebook video, which I heard the backstory of this. So all of you all know, like they are doing these worship events everywhere around, right in the nation, and there are a lot of demonstrators who come and like you know, unplug things, smoke weed in your face, like spray paint, throw acid on the equipment, and all that. In spite of all this, right, these people are still doing it, right. So this group of people decided to go to L.A. where the homeless are, Echo Park, and they were basically worshiping over there. So what you're going to see is this man run, unplug the speaker, throw the speakers down, pick up the drum set, throw it, and one guy charges this guy, picks him up, and takes him to the side. Okay, play the video, and I'll explain to you what is what what the backstory is behind that. Go for it. So so that little guy was one of the homeless people over there. What was happening a few minutes before that happened was this guy was on the side, and one of these guys were praying for him. Okay, they were praying for him, and all he was feeling was the power of God. And this homeless man is saying, "I feel the power. I feel the power." And the you know we're being nice Christians, right? We're praying. I say, "Yeah, that's good. That's good." And all. And the next second that happened, that guy ran. He just left everything, and he went and grabbed this guy, and he yanked him off. People are saying, telling these people, "Oh, your security guards are so strong and awesome." It was not a security guard; it was a man who felt the presence of God, the power of God for a moment of time, where the enemy basically came in an old demonstration of what they could do, and an unknown person. I don't even know if he's saved. Just felt the power of God in him. God anoints people for moments like those. How about you? Think of it. You feel the anointing for what? What difference is that anointing going to do in your life? To take down the powers of the enemy. Every attack, every form of attack that the enemy comes against you or your brethren. You have the authority to break its power and silence it and subdue it. Subdue it like that dude. Literally. Yank that guy, doesn't matter how big, and just take him down. You see, this is where the Spirit of God is in us. I, and I, I enjoyed that because when I heard that story, it really blessed my heart. Like, I, I literally was like, wait, is that really what was happening? But these were the same people who said that, hey, at that moment in time, forget about what song you're singing, what key, whether you're in the right key, whether you're clapping on two, three, or four. Who the heck cares? But you just have to have the presence of God saying, in Jesus' name. And you're just going to worship in spite of all opposition. That's what Alan was saying. In spite of what you think is around you, in spite of what you feel is around you, you're just going to say, "It's like if I just have this, I'm just going to worship." In all, just worship. You see, you don't even feel that you want to worship and praise because you feel, ah, "I'm tired. I've been doing everything. I did this. I knelt down. I gave this offering. I did that." No, 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 no. God only wants your worship. 
That's it. They won't be preaching in heaven. The only thing in heaven that will be is worship. And like, why would we miss out on that? You know, sometimes I want to be like Hannah. Hannah, I love you, Hannah. Well, you know, sometimes I want to be like Hannah, like so joyful and jumping and, oh my God, like I wish, you know, I could jump like that. Like I would be like bobbing like around like that because that is where I feel the Spirit of God is just like, woof, woof, like, you know, and that. Ariel, would you mind coming? So Ariel, I guess it was Dan and Alicia, your Bible study, right? So they prayed for Ariel. And Ariel received the Holy Spirit, right? And so, so what, what I think sometimes we have to understand is God is always wanting to pour out his Spirit on us. But I want her to at least say, it's like, you know, what she felt, what she thought of it, like, you know, anything. Just, I guess, to give you kind of like a backstory, my whole life I have loved Jesus, I've loved God. And then growing up, I somehow got away from him. And... I really got away from him in the last probably five years. I had a friend reach out to me and welcome me to this church. And when I came here, I was welcomed by everybody else and uh, made me feel very loved, kind of moving forward. I ended up getting water baptized, and that changed something in me. And I just I wanted to reach out further and I wanted more, and I, I needed more. I was invited to go to Bible study, and I didn't know what was going to happen. I, I hadn't really, I guess, really thought about it, but um, we were studying John, John 15, and we had gone through several verses, and one of them was John 15, verse 26, and it says, and I will send you the divine encourager from the very presence of my father. He will come to you, the spirit of truth emanating from the father, and he will speak to you about me. Uh, and it goes on to say, and you will tell everyone the truth about me, for you have walked with me from the start. What did you feel? Like, like with that, with that, that's where the feeling was. I don't, I had no words. It was, I was so confused. I didn't know what it was saying, but it reached out to me. And then Alicia and Dan, they wanted to pray over me and <laughs> talk about shaking, the shaking. Um, <laughs> I had this chill come over me and the power, the spirit, the everything, it just, it just flowed through me. I felt it like, electricity coming through me and I just I mean I'm trembling right now I mean it it just the feeling was amazing and I mean I had a full healing over me so this this is what it is it's like I tried to cut it short because it's like hey we need the condensed part of it is like what was she feeling in that moment she's feeling the fire she's feeling the electricity she was, some people feel cold but the Spirit of God basically coming on you is because He is the one who wants to be in you at all times. You see, the only way we can communicate with the Father is through the Spirit of God. You see, this is where, the, okay, 
there's a song, right? I don't know if you ever know this song. It says, give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning, burning, burning. Give me oil in my lamp. Do you remember? Yeah. So, so this song, right? And I, I sang it as a kid and everything and all. But when you go to the story of the ten virgins, right, who were supposed to this day, the, I, I think it's Ma Matthew 25, right? And it's verse 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. And in one of those verses, it says, the ten virgins, five of them took their lamps. They took their lamps. All the ten virgins took their lamps. Only five of them took lamps with the extra flasks of oil. You see, in this end time where we are going to go, because the bridegroom is going to come in the middle of the night. Okay, when it is the darkest point, when it is, you know, that little flame that you have in you is going to need the oil of God. You're going to need the Holy Spirit, you see. And so you have to know who this Holy Spirit is and what is this Holy Spirit. Because in the Old Testament, right, in the tabernacle, the priests, their job was to trim the wicks, which these virgins also did. All the ten of them did. But you have to have a constant flow of oil. There has to be a constant supply of oil. The only person who's constant is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the only constant thing in your life who's able to communicate with God and give you whatever is from God. You have to be I mean, constantly in touch with that source. You see, you cannot do anything without the Spirit of God. You see, and we, we have tried and you'll only end up doing what you think is good works. Literally. I, I've been in the Middle East where people basically feed the poor and all that but they do not know the Holy Spirit. You see, I, they have fed all these refugees and all, and God bless them. But they're doing it because I have to do the good works. But the only one that who's able to get you to do what the Father wants you to do is the Spirit of God. What the Father wanted that man to do was the Spirit of God. You see, we have this saying, right? And I'll, I'll close with this. If God tells us how high can we jump, right? We, we or jump, right? God says, we say, how high? Now, let me throw another conundrum at you. What if I told you that was disobedience? How high was disobedience? Because you know what's your next question going to be to God? Which direction? Think of it. If I had to jump from here, which I want sometimes. <laughs> but if I had to jump, right? The, we are at this time with the Holy Spirit of God. If God says jump, jump. Don't waste time trying to say how high. Because your next question will take you deeper into a disregard of God and will say which direction, why, how we should do this, what shoes should I wear. God's not interested in that. If he's saying jump, jump. He, that man had a split second to decide. No, he didn't even know God. That Spirit of God just motored him threw that guy and he yanked him and threw him off. And here we are, who understand the Holy Spirit of God, spend years saying, now what, God? I'm saying, do what I called you to do. Does, what does that mean? See, we, we, we question, and then there's the next question. So what seems awesome by saying how high, we basically have become so smart that we are like, hmm. I need to know the perfect answer. But this is not that walk. This is the walk of faith where he says jump and you jump. 
This is where the time has come where you have to have oil, you have to have the fire, and you have to be ready to jump according to what God says to you. Don't look around because this is what will happen. I'm looking at Kirk. God's saying, jump, and I'm, mm, he's not jumping. Why is he not doing this? Why is he sipping coffee? Why, why I have to jump? Why do I have to? No, because that's what you are called to do. You see, we, 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 our mind wants us to throw all these questions and all, and we basically just back off. And we'll back one more question. And we'll back one more question. At the end of that time, we are basically backslidden. What you thought was a very honest and very, what do you say, good answer to God by saying how high was really you backsliding. Can I, can I, I, I'm throwing this at you. I thought of it and thought of it as like, God, how many times we've said this? How high? He's like, what would you think would be the next question? Which direction? <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, God. I repented that moment. I'm telling you there are times where we think we have these answers, but there are sometimes religious answers which we have picked up, and we have just polished it, and we have said it would be like, you know, how the Pharisees and all, huh? the outside of the vessels were polished and clean, but the inside was not. The true thing is on the inside when God says, jump, jump. Do what he says. So let's just pray. Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus, O oh God. Because the Spirit of God, O oh God, that truly abides in each and every one of us, O oh God, is able, O oh God, to cause us, O oh God, to move, O oh God, to bring in the millions. And that is what you have called us to be, is be light, be fire, be oil, be what you want us to be, O oh God. To be what you want us to be, O oh God, we have to walk, O oh God, in what you tell us to walk, O oh God. Not in other shoes, O oh God, not in others' clothing, O oh God, not in even Saul's armor. We have necessary for our lives what we need. We have you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, oh God, so we submit to you. We submit our thoughts, our minds, all our experiences, all our knowledge, all our words, everything, oh God. And we just say, oh God, what do you want us to do? Speak to us. Move us. Even as you move that man who didn't even know anything about the Bible. Move us to do what you want us to do, to affect what you want us to affect, to move and shatter what you want us to shatter, to come against every sickness which has no hold over our lives. Everything that you have for us, we want to walk in the fullness, abundance, and overflow of your presence. So, Holy Spirit, we brag about you. That at this hour, at this moment, at our finest hour, we need an overflow of your oil. We need the finest oil, the golden oil, beaten, 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 but it will be bright once the fire is cut. We may be beaten. Our life may have beaten us down. Things may have beaten us down. But we have oil. It is the best oil each of us have to offer unto you. This is our life. So, Lord, we pray, set us on fire. Set us on fire, God. 
set us on fire that we may be the lights of God, even in the darkest hour, God. Even at a time, O oh God, where they say we may be flickering, O oh God, but even at that moment of time, O oh God, we are the brightest things, O oh God. We want to be the shiny ones, O oh God. We want to be the bright ones, O oh God. We want to be the ones, O oh God, who carry your presence, O oh God, even at the darkest time, O oh God, because it is our finest hour. It is our shining moment in time. Because you in us, the hope of glory, is greater than any other ambition, dream, vision. It is only you, Jesus, the bright and morning star, our beginning and the end. So, Father, we pray, O oh God, as a church, as individuals, O oh God, everything about us, O oh God, we pray, O oh God, let your oils begin to flow. Give us oil in our lamps. Keep us burning, burning, burning. Give us oil in our lamps, we pray. Give us oil in our lamps. Keep us burning, burning, burning. Keep us burning until the break of day when we meet you face to face. So, Father, we pray. This is our prayer. What is the song is our prayer. And we ask you in Jesus' name.